Hillsong Church, Bethel Music, and Elevation Worship have this one thing in common. Welcome to Beggar and Bread. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Beggar and Bread. I am your host, Justin Bauer, and today we'll be discussing the question of theology in worship. This entails many questions, but the main one that we'll answer today is, should I sing songs with weak theology? As I mentioned in the introduction of the podcast, Hillsong, Bethel, and Elevation have this one thing in common. That one thing is that they're questionable. That's right. I said it. They're questionable in many ways, in specific ways for each of them. And we're going to talk about that today. We're going to bring that into light with the question, should I sing their songs? Should I sing songs by other bands that have weaker theology or just outright unbiblical lyrics? But I want to start off by saying I am not going to smear their name. I am not going to boycott them. I'm not going to condemn Bethel or Elevation or Hillsong because I truly do believe that there are real Christians, true believers in each church that are affected by the preaching, the worship, everything like that, and are still true believers. The reason I say that is because of what Paul says in Philippians chapter one. He says, some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. If you go on further, he concludes by saying, What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in that I rejoice. What Paul is saying really is, yes, the gospel might go out in a wrong way, but God is still a God of a living word, of a living Christ. He's a living God, and he can use that truth no matter how skewed or partially true it may be. So with that being said, I don't want to really talk bad about the bands themselves or the churches themselves, but just put in some biblical understanding, some biblical facts of my experience, especially at Elevation, because I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina, so I've been there a few times, and I can speak firsthand to what they preach and how they worship as of recent. So the last time I went was actually last year in the summer of 2019, And I found that what they were preaching was not 100% accurate, but there was some biblical truth in there, actually some good quotes from Stephen Stephen Furtick. So we're going to talk about that, but we're going to answer the question, should I sing songs with weak theology? So the thesis, really the main argument that I want to propose in this episode is as follows. It is safer and better for one to bring their theology to worship rather than have worship be the only source of true theology in their lives. This comes from a biblical understanding of what worship means and even understanding who God is. In America, we have this sense of corporate worship being the only time that we can worship or the best way that we can worship. But as the last episode states on civil disobedience, worship doesn't have to be in a corporate setting. In fact, worship is 
really any act that you do, any thought that you have that is towards the glory of God. So to preface this episode, we should have the understanding that worship should happen Monday through Saturday just as much as it does on Sunday. With that being said, I want to mention a few songs by each band that I enjoy and that I would have no problem singing in church, as well as some that are questionable or even some that I would just not sing at all. So the first one, we'll go ahead and do Elevation first. And the first one that I want to mention that I love is the song Resurrecting. Now, many of you may know this song, and it's actually one of their most popular songs because I I would think it's one of the best songs they've ever written. And it's ironic because Stephen Furtick actually wrote the lyrics to this song. And yet there are so many things that I disagree with that Stephen Furtick says in the pulpit. However, this is such a poetically beautiful and gospel-centered song that it's just amazing. And it does have their style to it, so it's an emotional-driven song, but it's amazing, and I love it. I would always choose to sing that in church. I would have no problem with that. However, I wouldn't sing their song, Mighty Cross. Now, it sounds like a good song, but to me, it's a little man-centered. It doesn't talk about God being great or Christ's work being for God's glory, but really for what it what it has for me. So, there, those are a few examples, and I would go ahead and say that this is laced with some just preference for me, honestly. I try my best to make sure that theology and the reason for singing these songs is the priority for my decision on what to sing and how to sing, but I do have preferences. I love certain styles of music more than others, so that definitely plays into this. But like I said earlier, the message of this podcast is this, bring your theology to worship. If you are going to church on Sunday and just understanding the Bible and understanding God and understanding who you are just through worship and the sermon, then it can be really hard and you can really get misled if they do sing songs that are a little questionable or even just theologically weak. The best thing to do is have a good understanding of God going into it. And really, this is the way that you can have true worship in the corporate setting, in your car, anywhere, is really to just know who God is in your heart. Theology is substantial and necessary for the Christian life. If we don't understand who God is, which that's the definition of theology, is the study of God. If we don't understand who God is, then how would we be able to sing and worship him rightly? So for that reason, I would argue that you would be safer and it would be better to bring your theology to worship. Now, a few years ago, there was a popular song by Corey Asbury, who was associated, he, he sings in Bethel, and it was called Reckless Love, and it caused an uproar in the Christian community. Uh, many people were arguing that God's love is not reckless at all, but actually the most strategic thing in all of history, as God is a God of planning and sovereignty. There seems to be no recklessness involved, but Corey Asbury, in a way, argued that from a finite human standpoint, it seems reckless that a perfect, holy, loving God would come after sinful man. So would I sing that song in church? Um, I would, but I would probably personally say any word other than reckless because I don't believe that God's love is reckless. However, I understand where he's coming from, and because of that, because of my understanding of who God is and how his love is 
in fact, radical, unstopping, unconditional, then I can sing that and take the truth out of the song for what it is and leave the rest behind. In the same way, I would argue that with any worship song. Um, one thing that needs to be mentioned and in your mind is not only just your understanding of God, but your understanding of gathering as a church. Now, many people have been divided over the reckless love argument or whether you side with elevation or you think their teaching is good or their worship's good, whatever, or even Hillsong as well. As you might have read in 2019, one of the pastors of Hillsong actually walked away from the faith because he had doubts. So I would be careful to say that you shouldn't let things like this, things like certain songs that you sing, get in the way of the brotherhood and sisterhood of being a church. That's another reason that I would say it's not a huge deal if you have a good understanding of who God is and who you are and a good understanding of the Bible. You have to be rooted in the Bible to be able to make these decisions. That's why I would say that it's okay to sing songs like that in church. Now, on the other hand, if you don't have a solid understanding of who God is, if you aren't spending time in God's word and understanding what the Bible says about worship, about God, about prayer, about the gospel, then you could be very susceptible to weak theology in worship. And that could be dangerous to form your understanding of who God is or who you are. A lot of times worship can be man-centered, but kind of masked in a way that still give some praise to God. And that's okay from a testimonial standpoint, but we need to remember that the cross, the gospel, all of it is not central on man. We're just kind of the extras in this big movie that God is directing and also Jesus is the star of the show. So we need to understand our place in that as well. And that's the reason that we have to be careful about this. This is a question that I've struggled with personally for such a long time. If any of you know me, you know I love music. I love worship. I love rock. I love metal, country, like basically anything except for, you know, R&B and the overly sexualized stuff from today. But for the most part, I love music and I'm interested to listen to basically all kinds. So with that being said, I've had this question for a very long time. Should I sing songs with weak theology? Should I sing songs that aren't even Christian. What does that look like for the Christian? So I'm still forming opinions and I'm still coming to an understanding of the answers to all of those questions. But in this episode, I just want to tackle the idea of worship. Now, the thesis of this is off of a biblical understanding of who God is. So if you don't have that, like I said earlier, you could be more susceptible to a song with weak theology kind of forming your opinions and your thoughts on who God is. So my encouragement to you is this, that you should get a biblical understanding of who God is, not only for this reason, but also for any other force that might intercept your thought of God in life. So many things like news articles, um, even biblical articles from churches or missional companies they can change how you think about things. And if you don't have a good understanding of who God is going into that, then they could really wreck your world, make you question everything. So while I was researching this topic online, I saw so many 
honestly, reformed theologians and reformed believers saying that songs like The Blessing by Elevation, um, Forever by Carrie Job, many songs that I would consider like, okay, are bad because of how repetitious they are. How many times I say the same thing over and over, like good, good father is a good example. And really that shouldn't be taken as truth because First off, if you read the Psalms, you realize how many times they say that the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever or how great is the Lord. So repetition is clearly it has its place in worship and in scripture. So don't take that as something that is bad, but rather make sure that what they're repeating is good. And really, those articles were quite closed-minded in my opinion to say that the reason this worship song is so bad is because it's so repetitive well that's just a matter of preference that's not from a theological standpoint um and most of the articles that i read were just saying oh they're so repetitious and they're so built on emotion that they're not good songs don't sing them don't be deceived by them that's just a matter of preference and i understand the emotional side of it Many worship songs these days do trigger more emotion than, say, singing a hymn. And that's just the course that worship has taken. Now, it is important to make sure that the emotional feelings that you get, especially when singing like live in, in church, um, a lot of times there's lights and effects and stuff these days. Now, it would be important to make sure that that's not playing into your sense of the presence of God. However, you can be emotional about things that you know about. Going back to bringing your theology into worship, if you understand who God is and the grace that he's given you and the gospel and you're not emotional, I would say that's a problem. If you are just emotional, that might be a problem because emotions and passion for God come out of an understanding of who he is and a better understanding of the Bible. So be wary. Don't let the lights and the smoke screens and all whatever that your church might be doing, don't let that make you feel like God's presence is there. Understand that he is omnipresent and understand who he is. That way you can be emotional. That way you can get excited about the gospel and about worshiping God. So that was just a little side note, um, just to make sure that you, you distinguish preference from truth. I have a preference. You know, sometimes I like to sing songs that are more simple in their theology more repetitious, more emotional. Um, and that's okay because I am confident that I understand who God is and to some degree because he is an inexhaustible God. And so I think that it would be okay to sing that as long as I know who God is and what the message is. On the other hand, I love singing hymns and whether they're old hymns or kind of like modern hymns, more poetic, I love singing those as well. And it's a great source of good theology. One band that I love is City Alight. It's actually um, written as one word. And they have some of the best uh, deep worship songs these days. I love them. They're so good. But I'll also put on some Elevation. I'll also put on some Hillsong here and there. And that's okay. I even like Southern Gospel here and there. So it's just it just comes down to a matter of understanding what the message is in the song and what truth you can take out of that. Well, I hope this was a helpful episode to you to kind of gauge where you are in this spectrum of distinguishing preference from emotion, from true theology. 
And I hope you are able to grow in a way that might make you more open-minded, but not in a bad way. Um, more in a way of what can I bring to this worship song that makes me able to sing it. If you have any questions, feel free to contact me on social media. Uh, the link is in the show notes for any of that as well. I love to hear your feedback and I would love to answer any questions that you have about anything. Any questions that you bring to the table, I would love to talk about on a separate episode or even just to respond to you personally. So with that being said, friends and fellow beggars, I hope you are well.